What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Chocolate with a Side of Medicine. I am here with all of your hosts. This is Amy Joy MD talking, but I have with me Dr. Chris. Hey, guys. Dr. No-No. Hey. And Dr. Sunshine. Good morning, y'all, because it is early in the morning for me. So good morning. Listen up. Right. So it's early because, you know, we're trying to give y'all this product. Sometimes you got to push it at the wee hours of the morning. So if you're wondering why we all sound a little raspy. For the West Coasters. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the reason. But look, we got up this morning because we got things to talk about. So how's everybody's weekend? For the record, my voice is raspy because I was at the Laker Warrior game last night and the Lakers won. I love me some LeBron. For people who don't know, I love me LeBron. (laughs) He He dropped 56. What? My, I went with my brother who was rooting for the Warriors. So it was a very fun game for us. <laughs> <laughs> Brian out here giving people 56. Wow. So Listen, that's why th- you sound raspy because you were you were definitely yelling. I was with Laker game. Nation. I was with Laker oh, okay. Nation last night. Okay. Yo, but the Lakers need a win. LeBron's not trying to miss the playoffs. Are you kidding me? Right. Brian's like, I ain't do all this work to miss the goddamn playoffs. I I think, but they're going to miss them, though. They're in the play-in. They're going to be in the play-in tournament. So, you know, the top six make it automatically, and then seven through ten play each other to see who gets those last two spots. Mm. They're, in, they're in the play-in, but real talk, in terms of Laker Nation, this season's a wash. You know, right. Laker Nation's like, championship or boss. Like, no, it's not. It's, it's not that kind yeah. of Yeah. It's not. Well, I spent the weekend at the SEC Women's Basketball Tournament, so. Hey. Um, nice. Yeah, it's been nice. Um, seen some upsets. They've got uh, Kentucky and South Carolina in the – championship game later on today so oh we'll be checking that out before we make our way back but uh nashville's been good Shout out to oh my nashville. gosh what happens on the back end were there like mixers and like did you get to see people you oh haven't seen God. in forever have there been like what y'all, what y'all be doing in the background like it's Listen, not just the games that we see what y'all be doing <laughs> you know i am learning I, I keep saying this uh i've been saying it all weekend like yo the fans be kicking it because you know you only know it from one side so my experience um up until recently has been as a student athlete so when you're a basketball player you are in your hotel you're out the hotel you know whatever time you know for your pre-meal you go into practice you go back to the hotel you come back out you play your game maybe you stay at the gym a little bit watch the game you know behind you you know depending on where you are in the tournament you go back to the hotel to get ready for the next day so for the athletes it's very like specific right you are Mm -hmm. either in the gym or you're in your room Y'all, that is not what the fans be out here in these streets doing. They are mm. kicking it. Do you hear me? Mm. Like, we have been out here having a good time. So um, it is the 50th anniversary for Title IX for women. Oh, dope. So uh, they have invited all of the alumni back to watch the game. So with that has come, you know. <laughs> so y'all that really is so it. nice. Y'all really kicking it. Oh, yeah. Like- so, you know, we're in, the, we're in the back at the lounge, you know, just <laughs> – talking to people and, and networking and, you know, meeting folks and there's lots of eating and drinking. And then we leave out and we, we found a nice cigar lounge. So I met up with some friends. We, um, there was Ooh. a cool cigar lounge here. It was great. Um, we had dinner on like the rooftop last night, uh, on the main strip, you know, down here in uh, Nashville. So it has been great. So the fan experience, listen, everybody um, talks about women's basketball, like, oh, women's basketball. But I will tell you that uh, the SEC Women's Tournament owes us nothing. Like, they've given us great games, and I am pretty sure that everybody 
who has walked into that building, whether they are a women's basketball fan or not, has left uh, satisfied. So it's been great. I actually like Nashville too. I don't know if any of y'all have been to Nashville. I have not. You know, I wanted to go. You should go. It's great. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good vibe. It's a good vibe. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Not to the point where I'd be like, I can live here, but it's too far away from water for me. Y'all know me. But um, yeah. it's very, it's very nice. I like it a lot. It's it's been good. I wish I had more time. You can either watch the games, which you want to watch, or you can explore Nashville. It's hard to do both, so you get a lot of the games, a little bit of Nashville. Um, but either way. So it just and means that you just have to go back and visit Nashville so you can actually go. And yeah. And this has been the first time I've been out. So, you know, to the listeners, y'all can't see, but my eyes are puffy and everything. And it's not because of this life I've been living, but it reminds me that, I'm, you know, you're sitting outside, you know, everybody's, you know, we kind of dropped our mask mandates. And even though you try to wear your mask as much as possible, it's hard to wear your mask while you're sitting outside for dinner, which I have not done in a long time. So, you know, normally I'm prepared with my Claritin, the nights so I wake up in the morning refreshed, did not. So that's why y'all hear the little hoarseness in my <laughs> Oh my gosh, between the me wind and you, was uh giving me the business and I didn't even care. I was like, oh, it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> the wind on my face feels amazing. So we had live band last night while we were having dinner. Oh, that's that's another thing I like. Live music, I'm a sucker for live music, man. Yes. And Tennessee will give it to you, Louisiana will give it to you. Yes. Like I love some live music. Just in the background while you mix and mingle and eat great food, like just like it's dope. That's a vibe. Yeah. Well, yeah. you are you know all about vibes, though. You love a vibe, so that is tr- <laughs> that mean, is true. I'm that's, actively- that's all you like. It's a vibe. You know, there's a song. I'm not gonna start it's singing a vibe. it. Because there's something about having a good vibe when you're surrounded by good people and you're surrounded, but you know, like, it's just, yeah. it's just a feeling you can't duplicate, you know, especially if you're like in a new place, you've never been with people who you haven't seen in forever, good music. Like, it's just, you can't recreate stuff like that. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. It's been great. So. Random, it wasn't going to be my trending topic at all, but you said women's basketball. Did y'all hear about Brittany Griner? Yes. I see the headlines. Is she stuck in Russia? Yeah, she's stuck. I saw that headline. You know, she plays for Russia. So she She plays plays for Russia. Russia. Yeah. She plays for Russia. And and the timing uh, when the story came out versus when this all went down, I think is very different. Right. Yeah. So we all found out about it yesterday morning. So I think at 8 a.m. yesterday morning, I checked in, of course, because where I am, you know, you walk into, you know, the gym and everybody's like, you heard about Brittany. So um, I think this is like three weeks delayed. So she mm-hmm. is trying to get out of Russia at that point and has her vaping cart- uh, cartridges that have CBD oil in it, which is apparently illegal in Russia. So they check her bags, they pull them, and she's been, you know, now detained for these illegal cartridges um and so her legal team and the nba wnba and everybody's trying to figure out you know how to get her how to get her out right so i I think she's been like detained for like something like three weeks yeah when i was reading i'm like if this has been three weeks why the hell are we just hearing about it right now well you know russia been out here trying to drop bombs over yeah you know so they kind of been you know declaring war 
Um, <laughs> they've been busy declaring war. They didn't have time to let Brittany write it. It's not war. It's a special, what does he call it? A special military? Well, special not military operation. operation. This is what he calls it. Once he mm-hmm. put a no-fly zone over Ukraine, he is trying to declare war. So, you know, he's been a little I mean, busy. I, I hear you. Um, and, you know, I think it's just not, I, I don't know why we haven't heard about it, but, you know, she's been over there. So I'm hoping that they get her back. Right, sooner rather than later, because I cannot imagine being stuck in a country that is actively at war. Right, I'd be like, if y'all. Don't I mean, people get fined for transporting cartridges in the states, but for you to be actually imprisoned for that—that's that's a lot. So, yo, when you travel, when you travel internationally, listen, their rules are different. The worst yes. place in the world to be is in an international jail, like that's yeah. in any other country, because. Compared to other states, compared to other countries, our jail system is considered very uh, fluffy. We feed them every day. We give them a bed. You know, yep. a lot of things about yeah. the American jail system is very, like, cush versus if you went to jail in Russia, Latin America. Uh, Y'all never watched Locked Up Abroad? No. I saw that show. Yeah. What? Nat Yes, it's a show. Listen, I didn't even know there was a show. Nat, Nat Geo what? has a Well, they used to. I haven't seen it in a long time, but they were always good. I, I watched the whole episodes every time I catch it. So Nat Geo has a show called Locked Up Abroad, and it's like people telling their stories. Now, most folks are like, oh, I was, you know, I was a mule and I was trying to get across the border and got locked up. But then there's also like lesser offenses and like they kind of talk about the whole experience like um like yeah they really locked me up i thought i was gonna do all this stuff and they were like no you got to go to court and here are your you know 24 months or your you know five years i mean it's crazy i don't think that i'm hoping I, i'm hopeful that that's not um britney's situation i'm hoping that we get her home you know asap mm-hmm. um because yeah i could easily see the re- I, I know that no way is it like their top priority right for like to to give to give an american her phone call to the united states while they are actively at war with ukraine they're like oh we have an american they probably didn't even let her talk to anybody from the embassy nothing they're probably like oh her status of like one of the top russian basketball players does nothing for her apparently not when you're at war and no, the U.S. is giving no. you sanctions and, and Russia, if Russia wants to be an ass, then they can do whatever they want to do. They're probably going to use her as bait. It, so it probably depends. Say she's not renewing her contract then. Well, it depends. Right? Yeah. I'm not messing with Britney's coins. I don't know what she's going to do when she gets out of here. This might right. be, this could be, this could be a non-incident for her for all we know. Like, I'm sure in the moment, like, it's a little stressful. Mm-hmm. But the problem, especially in the middle of wartime, is that you can't guarantee your celebrity status either can be beneficial or harmful. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it's going to do until you reflect on it and you find yourself back at home. Because, Amy Joe, you're correct. They could be like, uh, so we got one of your uh, WNBA stars here. So uh, about those sanctions. Yeah. Listen, they know they know them sanctions are going to stay. If they well, you got listen, you have a black woman locked up over here and you want to negotiate u.s sanctions over a black woman and i love black women but i'm gonna remind you right no, I'm with uh, you. <laughs> we out here we out here in these streets fighting for our rights too so um the u.s is not going to be uh feeling passionate about that although our you know our communities want her back right for um, sure. but i don't think it's i don't think it's a significant negotiation tool as it relates to the wartime it's just that right. the wartime makes it problematic and makes it slow so that's yeah. the problem with her being locked up in wartime is that the whole process just got kind of got slowed down because 
I'm sure the communication when somebody gets back to you is a little is on delay versus if this was just, hey, everything is what it was four weeks ago. And Brittany Griner happened to be, you know, caught with some CBD oil cartridges. What do you want to do? Well, those phone calls get returned a little bit quickly. But right now, yeah, who's returned phone calls, right? We just, we, this was our, the U.S. gave their third, their third warning for American citizens to get out of Russia ASAP. You know, the, the, um, the, the flights have been, are shut down more and more. I don't know, actually know how many flights are coming out of Russia to go back to the United States because all that stuff That's is being shut thinking. down. I'm like, she was, but then three weeks again. Three weeks ago was when they were ago, starting to drop right, those right. warnings. So, um, you know, three weeks ago when was right when the U.S. was like, if yeah. you are an American citizen, leave now. Yeah. Get and this and Russia, point, this makes it very difficult. Like, how do you, one, how do you get her out of jail? And two, mm-hmm. how do you get her back when you've limited travel from Russia to the U.S.? So, it's not that it's not that she is a celebrity in Russia. She is right. She's a basketball player, and they love women's basketball. But you're in the middle of a really bad time to be stuck in Russia. Yeah, yeah. The timing is 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 everything. And then also, I know that they're like um, they don't have access to like the internet the same way. So that's probably why we have there was such a lag in when we found out what happened, right? Because people there, because he's controlling what the news news yep. say and yeah, what they, they control report. the propaganda, the social right. media. Because he has to control the propaganda to you know support what he's trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, this is it's all just a crazy like, time. Yeah. Brittany's also yeah. Brittany's also married too. So yeah. I was like, oh. yes, yeah, so I was like. Listen, if my uh if my spouse went missing for a while and they're in a whole nother country, I'm like, what? What's 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 popping? I'm sure, but I'm sure her wife knows. Who's a cutie pie, by the way? I just, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure her wife knows, and I'm sure in the moment they were like, listen, we're just gonna try to not, you know, like, not make like, this a big deal, right? It- like, don't give you know the Russian government anything to kind of use to say, yeah, you know. Because they wouldn't mm-hmm. have cared, except for right now, everybody's about, you know, positioning and, and all these things. So um, now that you, you know, have got someone, you're trying to just quietly, like, figure out what the deal can be so that you can get them out. But now everybody knows, so it becomes a big deal. And everybody's got thoughts and opinions. And the people that are trying to, you know, use all the the routes to just get people out, it becomes a little bit harder when everybody's talking about it. So I'm sure... They were hoping that by the time we all found out about it, she would be back. She would be back. She would be back. I'm with you. But she's no, not I back. Get that. Unfortunately, she's there. That's so sucks. come back, oh. Brittany. We we you know, we don't want you over there. We Another want, free Brittany. We want a free Brittany, but a different Brittany. No. <laughs> the other Brittany is free. The other free Brittany, Brittany is free. <laughs> Jeez. Right. Right. Yeah. Also, also prayers to to Ukraine and you know. And hopefully everything gets resolved over there sooner rather than later. Um, I'm just stay hopeful about it. That's all I got to say on the yeah, topic. That's, that's all we can yeah, be. Is try to be hopeful. Complicated. And shout out to all the other people of color that are having a hard time getting out of Russia. So, you know, Brittany is our celebrity trying to get back to the United States. But also on the same token, there has been tons of stories of, you know, pe- Black people, you know, on the borders trying to get out they've got kids they're students they're they're doctors they're you know all this thing they're not getting out and i think it also you know 
just speaks to just the chaos in war times, right? Like the communication, what your visa can and cannot get you, who says you get to cross the border, who doesn't. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's really easy as Americans to just be like, well, I got this passport, I kind of come and go, but we come and go within the United States of America, but we've we've never had to experience how do we get into another country in an emergency um, situation? It is not that easy, right? Borders are borders, like you know, for reason we we argue about borders from a political standpoint here. So only time we talk about borders is when we're talking about building the wall, right? But border relationships are complex, but they're in place, right? And you cannot, whether it's the US or Canada or Russia or Ukraine or any country in Africa, you can't just cross people's borders and be like, yeah, I'm gonna come over here real quick. So, you know, to watch all those black people that are hanging out just waiting for an opportunity mm-hmm. to get over the women and the children, which they said could come over who are not getting over there yet. All those people are, are still stuck, hungry, tired, cold, you know, facing the elements. Um, so there's lots of people that are trying to get out of Russia. Um, and I just hope that everybody gets some, some resolve and gets some place safely because that is stressful. It's extremely stressful. I didn't even think about that aspect of it until CNN did. um, They started to do kind of these special reports on like people that are trapped in Russia Mm -hmm. trying to get out or people that are trapped in Ukraine trying to get out of Ukraine as well. So it's it's a whole next it's a whole different dimension I didn't think about at the time. But you're right. When it comes to war, all these things are happening at the same time. It's political. It's 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 all right. It's it's a lot. They said this is the largest. Um. This is the largest evacuation in Europe since World War II. That's crazy. Yeah. And you have people going in all different yeah. directions, going into all different NATO countries. Some are going yeah. to Poland. Some mm-hmm. are going to Romania. So, like, everyone's go- just going wherever they can because the routes are cut off, stopping for bombings. Oh, there, there's aircrafts over the train tracks right now. We have to wait. So, you know, it takes a long time to get everywhere, which is why when I heard the story about Brittany, I was like, listen. It's wild. Yeah. It's, ep- it's effing wild. Whether you're trained by plane, by however you're trying to get around, whatever normally takes like two hours is taking like a day now for yeah. them to get places. Yeah. So. I mean, every time I hear these stories, it just really makes me super grateful that we're not dealing with this. Because can you imagine that we had something like that at our, like at our home and we had to do that? First That's of all, crazy. please, please, Lord, don't, you know, I'm, yeah. I, I am, <laughs> listen, I'm just saying, so we'd be out here shooting each other, the military, everybody, you know, everybody. And then there, there are the people, South, so we'd be like, right. yeah, it's crazy, it's crazy, um, there's people in Ukraine that stayed to fight, I'm gonna be honest with y'all, I'm, I'm not, I'm not built that way, <laughs> I'm trying to go, <laughs> I mean, well, there are people from here from the U.S. who went back to their home yeah. to fight for Ukraine. There's a whole like, bunch of veterans that went back to fight for the Ukraine effort. Tons of them. Yeah. And I like, applaud those people that could do that. I'm just saying, I just know I'm not really built for that. I'm just, oh my God, yeah. Shout out to I the mean, armed forces right. everywhere, right? So, you right. Know, we, we, I shout we, out to we them. Talk about, um, you know, the armed forces and all this stuff, and you know, we kind of don't blink when, when even in our own side, when U.S. governments are, you know, shrinking like budgets for, you know, our, our military service men and women and all these things. Um, but then something like a war comes up. And even though it's not in our town, you start thinking to yourself, think to yourself like, man, if I had to pick up arms and fight right now, would I yes or no? And if your answer is no, then you should really be grateful for all of the I volunteer am. bodies I that show up grateful. on your behalf mm-hmm. to fight for you. 
mm-hmm. whether that be land, sea, or air. Air. So, mm-hmm. uh, shout out to the military. Shout out to shout them. Out to and thank you. That'd be like, yeah, we going. Right. You know, that crazy dude that you don't really want to be, you know, right. That's to going first. At the bar. Might be in the military. <laughs> a killer. So shout out to him anyway. <laughs> I don't want to have no drinks with you, but I'm proud that you serve our country. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so it's it's complicated. Especially, especially in my new position. Y'all know I feel that even even more than normal. So yeah. you know, listen. <laughs> Yeah, so um, you know, I'm because being around, being around you like this new environment for me while this is also happening, I'm like, wow, this yeah. is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I am grateful. I, I really am. I feel the same as uh, Dr. Chris. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. listen. The only thing that I was gonna mention was actually something that Amy Jo already mentioned because she mentioned talking about the difference in um the changing of the mass mandates, and Chris wanted to talk about it episode like last episode. But we didn't really get to it. There's not too much to say, y'all. All there really is to say is that um, every state is making changes to their mask mandate based on either positivity rate, hospitalizations, whatever the city or state is using as their metric. So across the board, mask mandates are going away or they're you know becoming lessened. Um, so overall, this is just me letting you guys know that is it a hundred percent safe? As in, like, is there zero chance you'll get COVID? I can never tell you that because I'm a doctor and I don't believe in zero chance of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but across the board, you guys should also stay diligent. And even though the mask mandates are being dropped, especially for lots of indoor spaces, just kind of be aware. We had a whole episode where we were talking about being aware of your surroundings and crowds and things like that. So I just say, uh, stay stay diligent. Wear your mask, you know, if you feel uncomfortable or even wear your mask if you feel comfortable, you know, do whatever feels right to you. And um, remember the COVID symptoms and hey, put up a prayer and we out here. If you have not been vaccinated. Oh, yes. Whomever you are, it's, it's fine. You listen, you don't get vaccinated, whatever. But don't be out here in these streets without a mask on, okay? Because there are plenty of people um, that will be COVID contagious and will not know it because they have been vaccinated or maybe they just are luckily asymptomatic. And so these people are going to be out here and they're going to be, you know, spreading it. And we still know that even though the numbers are dropping, so I think in all of our health systems, you get a little report, you know, you got all the little people, how many people got infected, how many hospitalizations, how many ICU beds, how many deaths. And even though that has shrunk dramatically for my health system, there's always one or two people that died, you know, over the past two weeks and they were almost always unvaccinated. So if you are not vaccinated, I am telling you that the mass mandate drop is really not for you. If you have opted to not vaccinate, you have still, you're still on the hook for protecting yourself and your protection is your mask, Mm -hmm. period. Um, but the masks are off. So, um, even being in Nashville, they were laughing because, you know, I don't go out of town a whole lot. So this is the first time that I've been out of town and there are not a lot of masks going. And it's really hard to wear a mask when you're trying to be out having it. It's hard to like, oh, I'm gonna have this drink. Okay. Throw my mask back on. Oh, street food. You know, I love street food. Oh, <laughs> take your mask off. Eat this. And we're outside. So, um, ask me in like a week 
if I got COVID or not, because I'll, I'll let y'all know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be very transparent to let you all know what happened a week from now. But, you know, I'm looking around. I'm like, I really hope that everybody is walking around here without these masks on, have been vaccinated. Because even though we're in the outdoor space, you're still walking past lots of people, interacting with lots of people. Um, you still got to get through a space to sit down, right? So you still got to walk. Like, we still have to walk through the restaurant to sit down outside. So you don't know who you're passing and all this kind of stuff. So if you have not been vaccinated and if your city says you do not have to wear a mask, it is, I don't think it's optional for you. Like don't, don't play that card. But if you've been vaccinated and you are in open spaces um, and your mask mandate has been dropped and you want to try it, that's fine. Here's what I need you all to know. That does not mean that you cannot get COVID. You can Listen, Dr. Sunshine is on the money. You still can get COVID. You still can very much have symptoms. And there's always that small group, that weird group, that in spite of being vaccinated and everything, get really sick. So we as physicians are not telling you that the mask mandate is dropped because COVID is over. It's just what your government is doing at this time. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm just going to just employ people. Please don't, don't be that person that mask shames people. I don't like that. Like, if someone yeah. wants to wear a mask, just just let them be. Don't shame them for wearing <laughs> a mask. Don't tell them that, oh, stupid, why are you wearing a mask? Let them do what they want to do. They want to wear their mask. It's their right. Just like you fight for your right to not wear your mask or not be vaccinated. So just let them be. And mask drops do not apply all the places. Like, yeah. healthcare systems. It's Please don't come right. to my office talking about what you're not going to do. Right. What you're not going to do is be seen. Right. Um, <laughs> That's listen, what we're not gonna do. We gotta wear masks in, you know, in hospitals. So there's gonna be some places where you're still required to wear masks because every now and then somebody shows up and they are cutting a fool about right. wearing this mask. And like, there's some people that are really sick that are coming in here. So your immune compromised people, your organ transplant people, folks that are doing um, cancer therapies, our HIV positive, our autoimmune people, those folks have no choice but to come to the hospital or come to the clinic. And they they are going to be wearing masks for a long time. So no, you cannot come to every single establishment and not wear a mask because the mask made it has been dropped, especially in healthcare systems. In healthcare systems, please help all the other people that come in and wear your mask so that we don't have to have a whole conversation, right. this confrontation, you know, at the desk about what your local governor has told you about your mask. And then you guys saw that report about Governor DeSantos. Oh, <laughs> and, how he shaved all the, and how he went <laughs> with his bike live and was like, I'm sick of this, you know, I'm sick of this mask. He's like, this is ridiculous. Why are you guys wearing a mask? You don't need to wear a mask. And I'm like, you're such an idiot. Oh. <laughs> for, the, for the record, for the record, <laughs> because <laughs> for the record, his name is DeSantis. DeSantis. And you, should, and you should, and you should say it properly DeSantis. because I want everyone to know how insane this man is. No, <laughs> I mean, otherwise, oh. high school students over their mask right. with your mic hot. Yo. Cursing and everything. Right. Like, this is the spewing DeSantis all these germs. Absolutely insane. Oh, and he doubled down on it too when he got backlash. Always. He doubled down on it. I mean, hey, Always. I mean, to be honest, I can't. If you say something is wrong and you double down on it, I mean, hey, <laughs> you own I it. I mean, hey, you're owning it, even though it's wrong. 
I Those dudes were looking back at each other like, is he really like, Yeah, that? like, who is this guy? Like, what is he talking what about? What is he going on? Shout out he to the ones that with kept their masks fervor, like, Right. Like, yeah. so intense. I'm like, bro, they just wear masks. Right, wear just let masks. them be. Like, that's what I mean. Don't shame people for it. I mean, that's what they want to do. Just let, let them be, you know? Whatever. Oh, God. You know. <laughs> they, they almost... But in Florida, I mean, because this is Florida. <laughs> right. They, they almost see it like... A lot of people call it a political statement. I wouldn't even say that. People see it as, like, in Florida, if you're wearing a mask, depending on who you're around, especially someone like DeSantis, like, the people that are, like, the far, far rights, they see it as, like, oh, well, you're being anti-adjusting to normalcy. Like, you're being, like, you're 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 the problem as to why we can't get back to normal. Like, that's how they all see it. Like, because of people like you, we can't go back to normal and high five at Disney World, you damn nuisance. It's very like it's really crazy. It's very it's very crazy. It's really weird. Cause if you're like, if you call them out like, oh, this isn't like political or whatever, they're like, I'm not talking politics. I didn't ask you if you were a Republican or Democrat, because they make it so they like to skirt and try not to make it about politics, but it's really about like, you're the reason why we can't get back to normal. I can't you keep damn. up with those mental gymnastics. I'm just like, if you're not wearing a mask, you're contributing yeah. to the problem. You know, and if you're not getting vaccinated, you're contributing to that problem even more. So, I, I mean, that was that was just my that was just my Floridian inside scoop. That's all. I wish <laughs> I didn't have. I wish I didn't have a Floridian. Inside scoop. <laughs> yo, my since my brother's visiting my, me right now, he's just like, yo, man, you didn't got real Cali. He's like, I'm not gonna lie, I like it out here. I'm like, you should stay. <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on over. <laughs> We're not full. <laughs> you should come on over, man. Oh, but you, it's expensive. It's very expensive. It is. <laughs> That's what he told me. That's what he told me. I He's mean, like, yo, nah. It's nice, but uh, cannot afford it. Right. Listen, the whole time he's been out here, he's like, man, this is nice. Man, this is nice. Oh man, y'all like respect each other like that. Like, wow, people wear a mask. Y'all, y'all vibe. I'm like, listen, this is this is, this is a vibe. Yeah. Again, it's, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. <laughs> it's a vibe. Always a vibe. Always a All right, y'all. So listen, what are we talking about today? Oh, well, we were talking about vaccines. So I think it's a kind of good segue to what we're going to talk about as the main topic. So yeah, so I wanted to uh, discuss HPV and vaccinations and why do we care about HPV? So I'm going to try to keep it kind of short because it is a pretty broad topic. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to try to basically, what I want people to get from this talk is that you should be vaccinated for HPV. Yes. Like that's, if if anything, if anything that you get out of this, I really want you to get vaccinated because as a primary physician, it's kind of like you feel like all the time you're begging people to get vaccines. (laughs) Like that's like your job is to beg people to get vaccines. And you're just like, (laughs) if you really understood, like I'm really trying to explain to you how important this is because you can prevent stuff like yeah and if anybody knows anything about me like my, my soul i love to prevent things so i don't have to deal with it later i'm, I'm yeah. all about that <laughs> makes my job easier and it makes you healthy so like it's a win-win for everybody right so if anything what you what i want you to get from this talk is to please get vaccinated for hpv i'm glad you're talking about this because i, I feel like of all the all the vaccines the HPV vaccine is the one that I, I feel like I'm consciously 
opting to beg people to get, right? Yes. You know, I don't get me wrong. I asked about all the vaccines. Right. Like, hey, right. you know, you're, you're due for your Tdap or your TD. Hey, what about your flu shot? Would you like to be COVID vaccinated? Uh, your pneumococcal pneumonia vaccines are due. Can we get those for you? And people say yes or no, and you kind of keep going. But HPV, I'm like, hold on, hold on a second. Listen, wait, before you say no. <laughs> right. Or do you remember, right? This is a hard one because you, you're going to talk about it. It's a hard one because of the time in the window. But when I catch them as adults and we don't yet have proof that they have it, I, this is the one that I'm, I feel like I actively am like, please think about it. Yes. Yes, I agree. I'm doing the same thing, too, just because, like, um, it, it's pretty effective. So let me start from the beginning. A lot of people, I think the thing is that people don't know what HPV is, right? Mm -hmm. It's a human papillomavirus. That's what it stands for. It is a viral infection, okay? Reason why we care is because it there are many different types of HPV, and there are certain types that we do know that are carcinogenic, carcinogenic meaning that they can cause cancer, okay? And mm -hmm. we know which strains do, but there are many different strains. There are over 200 types of HPV viruses, yes. okay? So we know of the ones that are kind of most common, but there are some that, you know, could cause it, but we probably just don't really know about it, right? So um, we definitely try to get people vaccinated because what we have found is the vaccine can literally prevent cancer in the sense that it could prevent you from, you could prevent cancer in the cervix, in the anal area. There's also head and neck cancer that you can get from HPV. Um, so that's the main reason why we vaccinate. HPV can also cause things like genital warts, which are like those fleshy little bumps that you can get in the genital area. It can cause warts on your skin, um, mm -hmm. also can cause warts like plantar warts on your feet. So it can cause warts, which are not, warts mostly are just bothersome for people. We can treat them. Um, but really the reason why we vaccinate is to prevent cancer. Now, HPV is considered a sexually transmitted infection. And the reason for that is because it, that's kind of like one of the best ways you can get it. But honestly, it's, you don't need to have penetrative sex or sex to get HPV. It can just mm -hmm. be from skin to skin contact. You just got to touch it. Yes. Someone who's infected, they touch or you. It has to touch your you cervix. Right. So, <laughs> So you can get it from oral sex. <laughs> you could get it from anal sex, <laughs> vaginal intercourse. Like <laughs> it is, it is something that is easy to get. Now, for most people, if you have a really good immune system, you can get HPV and you can clear it, right? Um, so most people can get it and they can clear the infection pretty quickly in a year or two, right? But the issue is that sometimes people are not able to clear it, right? For various reasons. Um, mm -hmm. If their immune system is compromised, meaning that they have like an autoimmune disease like lupus or like a rheumatoid arthritis. If they have HIV, people with HIV have more, more cases of HPV just because they don't, their immune system is not able to clear the infection. So it persists longer. And we also have other um, risk factors for HPV. So like, 
like we said, it's, it is considered a sexually transmitted infection. So basically, the more partners you have, that can increase your risk. When you start early on in life having sex, it increases your risk just because you have... It's a numbers game. Rolling the dice. It is a numbers game. It, it really is a numbers game because like, typically, if you're in a more of a monogamous relationship, <sighs> less likely. But then... If we see how things are going, like how relationships go, sometimes you're with somebody for a while, then you take breaks and then you're seeing other people, then you got a new partner, like all of these things can increase your risk, right? And here's the catch. Unlike other STDs, HPV is completely asymptomatic until we screen you and find out that you have it. Yes. Unless it's a ward, right? Now, yes. Can we just go back to wars? Because mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all remember before life, life before medicine and life after medicine. What I thought of as warts before I became a physician or even a medical student and what warts actually are, I look very <laughs> different. So to people who are out here looking for warts in these streets, y'all probably didn't touched it and don't even realize it, right? So, you know, warts kind of look really like this benign, fleshy, just like, piece of skin like it can even like a little hump that you might not think anything of it and so you know you're out here engaging in all the acts and and like what's that what's that little piece of oh I had this since I was you know young girl it's fine um <laughs> and now you didn't touch the whole genital war and now you get to have genital warts too so it's not like HPV is really one of those things it's not like chlamydia or gonorrhea or syphilis even where all of a sudden somebody comes in, they say it burns when I pee or my discharge smells funny or I feel irritated. Most people that are going to have HPV won't know it until we screen you for it for things like your pap smears if you were older than 30 because we ain't checking for HPV unless you have an abnormal pap smear and you only do those once every three years. So it's really going to be hard to catch and hard to screen and you won't know that you have it until your body starts to show some complications from it. Yes. And I'm glad that you said that because that is very true. The way to detect it is really through pap smears. So basically you got to have a cervix for us to check you. Um, So if you're a male, we we don't really have a way to check you for HPV. Actually, they they have in different countries have um, done swabs just to check uh, just for HPV, but it's not it's not um, approved in the U.S. So really the only way that we can screen for HPV is doing your pap smears. And that's why it is vital that women get their pap smears on a regular basis Um, Mm -hmm. so we can check that. Because the thing is, um, usually, usually people who do get HPV and it progresses to cancer, that usually kind of happens when they're in their middle age, like in their 40s. Um, but a lot of times we can detect it early on so we can prevent it from happening, right? So that's why it's really important that um, we do testing. So I will I will say this. Um, they do, we do do anal paps. So when you do anal paps, mm-hmm. a lot of times when you, so if anyone's having like penetrative sex through the anus and you talk to your patients about it, they might also need anal paps. The problem with the anal paps is that there's no like co-testing like we have for. So Dr. Chris is probably going to go through paps, different types of paps that we have. Amy Jo kind of mentioned it. We start testing women routinely for HPV after the age of 30. Before the age of 30, you do get a pap smear. It's just a different type of pap smear in terms of the tests that we run on it that come with the test. But if you if you have anal penetrative sex and we're, go- we're doing 
an anal pap, we can check those cells and the cells will also tell us like, hey, does the tissue look normal? Does it look precancerous? So we can do that too, but there is no specific HPV test for the anal pap yet. They're working on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I know probably some of you are wondering what's a pap smear. I mean, most women do kind of know what a pap smear is if you have one, but if you don't, well, kind of walk you through it. Okay. So pap smears are indicated for women 21 and over. Okay. We don't do it prior to because we found they used to do that before. And then we found like, there's no reason to do that. Chris, say it again for people in the back. What age do we start pap smears? I don't care when this girl started having sex. What age do we start pap smears? Say 21, it again, Chris, please. 21. Regardless, I, in my clinic, I tell them 21, regardless of what you are or are not doing with your yes. vagina, okay? My because God. we're not screening your vagina. That is a part, I think that's part of the problem. I'm not yes. screening your vagina. I am screening your cervix for cervical abnormalities okay can cervical cancer be one thing that i find sure but i am checking the cells on your cervix to see are they normal or are they or are they not if they're not normal then we've got more work to do but if they're normal we're in and out do i happen to look at the walls of your vagina while i'm in there sure am i looking at your urethra yeah the outside of your vagina mm-hmm inside of your vagina yeah but until you turn 21 i do not want to touch your cervix very true. So when you go for your pap smear, basically, um, yeah, it's like, it's part of your, like your routine health maintenance kind of thing. Okay. So they're going to ask you to, you got to take, take your, your clothes off, like on the bottom part, mostly like, um, so we can go and check, check, check down there what's going on. Right. <laughs> so we put you in these things called stirrups, right? So we put you in this position and then we use um, what's called a speculum. So really what it is, is this plastic, how can I describe a speculum? So it's this plastic kind of tool that we put in through your vagina so we can help to visualize your cervix, okay? And um, so we have to take a sample of the cells around the cervix. So your cervix is kind of like um, this fleshy- Little mini donut. Yes, that's a good, yeah, a mini donut. Looking for the donut at the end of the tunnel. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. So your vagina <laughs> is the opening, right? And then you got that donut. And then after the donut, then you're getting into the uterus, right? So that's- But we ain't going in there. We're not going in the uterus. We're just Because y'all being here- Cheeks mm -hmm. clenched because you think I'm going to go through no. your cervix. I am not. No, right? that's no. it. We're just we're, checking the cells around looking. the cervix. Just looking at it and checking. You might have slight bleeding a little bit just because we're going in with the brush to get the cells. Okay. But other than that, it's just an uncomfortable procedure. It shouldn't be painful. You know, I've changed. So now I don't, you know, I don't know about you all, but in my office, I don't, I don't use the two brush system anymore. I, you know, they now have this, the one. Kind of oh. looks like a, um, it looks like oh, your a, office fancy. Oh, yeah, I fancy. think it's because your office is fancy. I still, yeah. I'm not, I not used that, that in my old in my old office. We used to have the one, but then now yeah. a little like, silicone you know, brush. It looks like it looks yeah. like the little tool that you used when you want to um, butter your biscuits. Ah, um, so it's kind of oh, like buttering. I, 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 I think I, I know what you're talking about. Yes, like glazing uh -huh. the donut. So you just kind of brush it around, and they take care of both at the same time because it's yeah. got a little bit longer, softer ones that get the outside of the and, and cervix, and it's just got the softer one that gets the inside of it. I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, um, you know, people who've, who've had pap smears done like it. You know, first of all, I am like 
very adamant that women leave my office uh, not traumatized by their pap smears. Mm-hmm, um, me too. I do a lot of first time paps, a lot mm-hmm. of I ain't been pap since, you know, Jesus walked the earth. I do a lot of uh, please, can I skip it? Cause I'm just terrified. And so, um, mm-hmm. I, because of that, I like the one it's, it's one and done. Um, women tend to like it a little bit better. And, um, I always have a little sample kit so I can demonstrate like, okay, this is what this really looks like. Cause I think part of the issue is that women can't see what's happening down there. Some women, some, um, people let their speculum click. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that click throws women off. So they're like, oh my God, what's clicking down there? Y'all taking chunks of meat? Like, no. <laughs> nope. Well, so I try not to click and I use the one brush and it has made everybody happy. I think the worst part is when y'all don't heat up that speculum because when that's cold steel goes into your vagina, like you crunch oh, up because it's really, I mean, that's probably the worst part. But yeah, I only use the steel for procedures now. So my all mm-hmm. of mine are the the clear yeah. ones with the with the the light that's built inside yeah, of it. Thank God. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't miss medical school residency. You trying to line that light up oh, to match yes. your, your metal speculum? We don't do that. Yeah, we use work. the nice the nice clear ones. They're smooth. Mm-hmm. They're not they're mm-hmm. not cold or hot. They've got a light built into them, so you can get in there. You can see. Everybody and they're co- and they're color coded for sizes. Yes. You got the small, medium, large. Like I, I just think it's very organized yeah. because I tend to use some speculums more than others. Mm-hmm. So my MA or my nurse can like organize it based on what I use the most. And it's just it's just it's just easier. I go small <laughs> first and then I work my way up. Even for people who are yep. like, hey, you know, they're like, I've had kids or anything. I've I've discovered that I've discovered that the 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 new ones are so nice now that they're so clear that you can I can catch the cervix. If I come right past it and I'm like, oh, there it is. And you can pull back a little bit and there and then, and you're like right there. Yeah. And I generally try to make sure I tell women like, hey, I found your service. And they're like, oh, you did. That's it. Oh, wonderful. Yay. So um, we try to walk them through it. But I do like it because they it's got like a little clear circle on it. I don't think the purpose was a cervix finder, but that little clear circle is very clear. And so when you're passing, if you're looking up at it, you're like, oh, there's service mm-hmm. right there. And then you're right there. And so that metal one, you might pass it. And when you bump up, women feel that and they think, oh, that is a little bit uncomfortable. And it's not that you're trying to hurt them, but sometimes you're trying to make sure you're back for enough. So when you open up, you can see it. But the clearer ones, to Dr. Nono's yeah. point, are temperature neutral. Shout yeah. out. Yes. And um, and they're easier to find the cervix. Yes. Yeah. And I think the, the, the most part is, uh, like you said, you don't kind of know what's happening and really just finding the cervix, right? That's... That's the thing that, because sometimes people's service are a little bit further up or off to the side. So it's sometimes when we're trying to maneuver, it's a little hard for us to find it sometimes. And that can cause anxiety and make the person uncomfortable. Sometimes what I do is I go in with my fingers first and, and see where it is. And then I can know how to angle uh, my speculum so I can find it easier. But hmm I think it also I think it also eases them a lot. And I'm actually surprised by actually I'm not surprised because a lot of people don't know a lot of information. But I feel like now that I'm practicing on my own and I have like I can I'm in more control of the time that I have of my patients. I notice that like if I answer all of their PAP questions first and I do like Amy Jo does, like I show them like a diagram of like what's going to happen. Because sometimes when I see women after they turn 30, I tell them that the PAP smear changes, right? Like the procedure doesn't change, but what I'm testing for changes. And they always ask, okay, well, does that change what you're going to do in there? I'm like, no, I'm going to do the exact same thing I've always been doing. I'm just letting you know I'm running a different test on it. 
because and you have to kind of break it down to them because a lot of women are very I feel like women in particular are becoming more invested in their health you know, to kind of empower themselves to remember like, okay, how often should I come? What are we looking for? My results should say what? Like, you yeah. know, and of course, of course, I'm going to call you and talk to you about your results. And, you know, I'll let you know. But a lot of them like to really understand what's happening. So I think that that also helps. Because I'm like, listen, I'm looking for two things. Number one, especially if you're over 30, and we're doing like, you know, the co-test. Number one, do the cells look normal? Number two, is HPV present? Yes or no? Those are the two things we're looking for, you know? And if you really break it down for them, they really appreciate it. For sure. And shout out to the women who are very, like, more into their health, especially since it's Women's Month, right? So this is kind mm -hmm. of like a good talk for that. Um, oh. Yes. And so basically, we've been talking about this co-testing. Like, what does this mean? Okay. So we did the... We get the sample. The sample, right? In the solution, okay, so what are we testing? Okay, so really it depends on your age, okay? So if you are 20, between the ages of 21 and 29, we're only checking to see if your cells are abnormal. We're not checking for HPV. Reason being exactly. is we do not check for HPV because most likely you probably will have HPV, right? But remember what I said before, HPV can be transient. It's like a transient infection. So you can get HPV and you can clear it within a year or two, right? So really... If I do it and you're at that age, okay, yeah, you're positive. And then I'm just, I, like we're clear. not really going to do anything about it because you're probably going to clear it. So all it's going to or, or you'll change partners and yes, <laughs> and you'll be fine. Right. So the thing is we don't do it because then that would do more testing. And we realize that doing more testing on these women is not necessary. We're just causing more, more pain than we need to. Right. Um, so we don't test for HPV. Now, if your cells are abnormal, then it will tell us that we might need to check for HPV if your cells are abnormal. Correct. But Correct. if they're fine, that's it, right? So we do that every three years, okay? Now, once you hit 30, it's different because you're older. Isn't that great being older? So once you hit 30, the chances <laughs> of you clearing your infection um, in a year or two are less likely. So that's why we also test for HPV. So you can do the testing for both. So you check the cells and check for HPV, right? And if your cells are normal and HPV is normal, then we can test you every five years. If we're just doing, um, we can also do just HPV too, and that's three years. But most of the time after 30, we're probably going to do both just to make sure that you mm -hmm. don't have HPV. So we test your cells, make sure your cells are normal, make sure you don't have HPV. And then if that's the case, it's both come back normal, then, hey, you're good for five years. Now, the good thing about the HPV testing, it tests for a lot of the types that we know that can be cancerous, okay? The one that we know for sure is most times the most carcinogenic, the one that causes cancer the most is type 16 and 18, more so 16. So, and that's considered high risk HPV, mm -hmm. right? So if you get some, there are other, there are other strains that says six and 11. Those are the ones that are most common to cause your genital warts. We don't really care about those as much because like I said, we're really concerned about trying to make sure that you don't get cancer. 
Right. right? Mm-hmm. And, the, and the, the 16 and 18 calls about what I think was like 70 percent of yes, them. Yes, most of but them. But there are other ones. The 30s, the higher the higher numbers also tend to mm-hmm. also cause it. And so some people like read their like, you know, now that everybody has immediate access to their labs, they'll see like all these numbers when they get their their pap smear. So if you're wondering what those numbers are, it's um, if they if we tested you for it, if mm-hmm. we tested you for it, it'll say, OK, here are all the numbers that we tested. And these were negative, um, negative. Mm-hmm. But for most of you all on your lab report, that 16 and that 18 is almost always going to be on there. And it's either going to say negative or positive. And why it's important is that we've taken kind of the, the highest group most likely to cause a, a cancer to make sure you're negative for it. Or if you're positive and you have abnormal um, results, then we know we've got we've got more work to do. So what does this mean? Let's say um, you got more work to do, right? So let's say like it comes back abnormal, right? So what we're testing for is um, abnormalities of the of the cells around the cervix, okay? And if we catch that, that's called what's called cervical dysplasia, okay? Dysplasia just means abnormality into the cells that could be precancerous or turn into cancer, okay? So if it comes back there are certain results that you might see on your pap smear and you're like, what does this mean? Right? So let me um, try to break it down for you a little bit. I'm going to use some doctor terms. Okay. So um, the first one is ASCUS, right? It's, it stands for atypical cells of undetermined significance. Okay. What does it really mean? Uh, just means that we see saw some abnormalities. These abnormalities don't necessarily mean that it's cancerous. It could just be due from inflammation. Maybe you had a recent infection and then you had your pap smear, right? So it's just detecting this inflammation. It doesn't, it's not sure what it is, right? So that's why it says it's just not the typical cells we see, right? And so so a lot of times when we get this ASCIS result, um, if you're negative for HPV, we just continue our screen because we just figure you're gonna it's gonna change your cells are gonna change and next time we do screening it should probably won't be there right mm-hmm. um and then there's the other one low-grade squamous intraepithelial lesion so that shows up on your test it's lgsil if you see that so that just means that there is some abnormalities like we were saying um, but low grade, not, they don't necessarily think it would turn into cancer. It's pretty common, right? For the same reasons that you're asking us, a lot of times we just repeat testing in a year to see if it changes. And then we go from there. Okay. And then you can get another one that is high grade squamous cell epithelial lesion. So that comes up as HGSIL on your, on your, um, on your results. So when you see that, that means that we got to do some further testing because it looks like it could possibly be cancerous. So therefore, you probably will have to get referred to go to do what's called a colposcopy. So your doctor's going to talk to you when you get your results because the next the next step after your pap, a lot of that depends on what your previous pap smears have been, especially if you're HPV positive and your cells look different as I say different as in like they're not normal, whether it's ASCUS, L-cell, H-cell, whatever it may be, your doctor's going to talk to you about the, the plan going forward, especially if you know you've been HPV positive in the past, especially if you've already had a COPO, but uh, you know, or if you need a COPO, what does that mean? Long story short, that means 
we did a pap smear. It came back abnormal. We need to do a test called a coposcopy, which is what Dr. Chris was talking about, in order to get a better idea of highlighting exactly where on the cervix you might have abnormalities. And we might need to go ahead and take a sample and send that off to see what we need to do to either figure out is this cancerous or not? Do we need to take it out or not? So it's like an additional test to find out more information so that we prevent you from getting cancer. The results of that typically um, give patients a lot of closure because a lot of times once a patient gets a positive pap smear and we're talking about it before they get the copo, a lot of times they have lots of questions and they just want to figure it out. Is it cancerous or not? What's going on? So usually after you get their copo results, you get a lot of closure for the patient, which is always good for us too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know we said this before, you you know, you can have an abnormal pap smear and not have um, HPV. But what you what we want you to know is that the pathway to knowing exactly what HPV is or is not doing, if you have it or not, is through the pap smear. So this is just kind of helping you understand like all the things behind the scenes, because I feel like pap smears in particular are just that one thing where, where women are always, you know, like... I'm trying to process this information, but I didn't see the procedure. And so I feel like I don't know. So hopefully this kind of helps you understand like what happens after we leave the room with your mm -hmm. little sample and all the things we need to do, should we need to come back? Yes. Mm. And uh, the thing that is important um, is that if you have an abnormal pap, sometimes the, the recommendation is just to come back and repeat it again. But what happens is a lot of times people get lost in follow-up, right? And then when you don't come back- In a year. It, Repeat and it you're supposed to repeat in, a year. in a year and you don't come you back. Because you tell people to repeat it and they're like, no, just do it again right now so I can know. No, That's not what we mean. No. It, it means that maybe it's nothing and you need to repeat it in a year. And the reason why is because of what I explained, right? Because if you do have HP, a lot of times these things just resolve in a year or so, right? Because you can clear it. So that's why mm -hmm. it's important to do the follow-up. And what happens is a lot of people kind of end up with cancer because they didn't do the follow-ups in between. And by the time we catch it, it's, it's more or sometimes or sometimes when you say follow up, people think you mean follow up in three mm -hmm. years because you're supposed to do them every three years. So you have to be very specific mm -hmm. and say, no, follow up in a year. Are you going to are you going to touch on vaccines? First? Yes. A little bit. For Please. sure. For sure. Um, I was going to touch a little bit about um, what happens, like what are some of the signs of cervical cancer? A little bit. Um, sure, 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 sure. As long as we're gonna hit it, because we can't be PCPs enough. Of course, I mean, and like the the ages and course. the, you know what I mean. You you know you know what I'm saying. Oh, you yes, know what I'm saying. Definitely gonna get into that. So really quickly, now a lot of times, um, by the time you get symptoms of cervical cancer, like really when you start getting symptoms, it's because you're, it's it becomes pretty advanced, right? So this is why screening is important because when screening we can catch it right at the beginning, right? But to get, once you get sign, some signs and symptoms of cervical cancer are very, it could be anything, right? It could be, you can have heavy periods, right? Which that happens with women. Um, you can have bleeding. Um, one thing is bleeding after sex. It don't normally happen. So if you get bleeding after sex, that's a sign. Um, like I said, more bleeding, abnormal bleeding. Um, sometimes you can get this um, brown kind of discharge. Um, so those are some of the symptoms. Now, if your disease has progressed and it's pretty bad, like you can get abdominal pain, cramping, other issues because it's spread to different organs. Okay. But um, but if we catch it early, it's it's very treatable and it's curable. Right. So that's why it's important 
to um, go for your screenings. Okay. So I put my hat in, honed in on why screening is important. Now I'm going to go and talk about vaccinations. Why is this important? Because it is. Okay. So vaccines kind of turned on the scene in 2006 for girls and they then they um did it in 2011 for boys and it's so funny i remember when it came out this is i'm aging myself now this is when i was um doing my i was studying for public health i was getting my degree in public health and then we were talking about how um this new vaccine was coming out and they were going to vaccinate kids and um the whole issue was that vaccinating kids would increase will kind of make them want to have sex more and that was the whole issue that they didn't want to do the vaccines and had to write a paper about that and i was like oh this is so interesting how (laughs) when it came out this is what people were worrying about but they've studies Mm -hmm. have shown that it really doesn't do that that's like the whole issue had with sex education in schools like Mm -hmm. if you teach them about Condom, safe sex, masturbation. They're going to say these kids are just going to go wild and take all the tips they learn from class and use it in real life. Well, I mean, if the whole point is safe sex, then, you know, that's the whole point of the class. But um, it kind of went into the way of abstinence teaching, which we have shown is not always the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. So. But I also but I also think that talking to parents about vaccinating their kids against something that is sexually transmitted is prompting a lot of parents to think about their child possibly having sex yes. before the parents are ready to think exactly. about that. Because because the ages for vaccination start very early. And a lot of times parents like this, they, it calms them that they still have more time before they get to that, like, you know, that sex talk, like, oh, we're going to do it at 12. Like, oh, we're going to do it at 13. Yeah. Or, Ooh, 11. I know. And then you come up and then you come floating around age nine and ten like hey have you heard about these and they're like whoa hold on yes i'm not we're not there yet and it's kind of and you have to so you have to get past that barrier first yeah and then open up the conversation so it's very it's difficult yeah and it's funny because they they come in and you can give almost every other vaccine to the kids Mm -hmm. right mom brings them in has the vaccines and everything and the reason we talk about hpv separately is because it's not required for school right and so right as soon as you talk about HPV and what it is, that's when you know, like, you, you get the, well, I got to go. I got to ask her dad about it before we do it. I got to ask his dad before we do it. Um, and it's just because, you know, you, you're trying, we start, like uh, Dr. Sunshine said, 9 to 11 is really when you're trying to start the HPV vaccines. And to define what HPV is for the families is to imply that we are protecting nine-year-olds from sexually transmitted infections. And we are mm-hmm. because... Once you get, so let me, something else we need to make a point on, because we keep saying that you can clear it. Clear it means that you can remain asymptomatic without consequence for being affected. But once you have a virus, it is always yours to keep. So HPV, once you get exposed to it, you can't give it back. And so the reason why we're doing it early, that 9-11 age range is that it's the, this the, it's the best chance that regardless of social economic status, um, education, anything like that, you will not have been exposed to sexual intercourse in any kind of way. That's why we're doing it like that. So maybe your nine-year-old lives in an environment where sexual intercourse is not going to become a topic of discussion, is not going to be something that you have to worry about. 
But there are other nine-year-olds that live in very different environments where everything is advanced, right? They they are behaving as 16-year-olds just because of the environment. Or maybe there's some unfortunate thing. Maybe there's a molestation or a rape or some kind of inappropriate contact, and we're trying to catch them before anything touches their cervix or their penis, because we also vaccinate men as well. And we're trying to make sure that whatever happens to them will not mean that in their forties, they got to talk about cervical cancers. Right. And that's exactly why we vaccinate that time. And if you also notice that we try to bundle our vaccines in different ages too, because it's hard to get parents to bring their kids in. So we try to bundle as many as we can during your visits so that it makes it easier and makes it so that you will come and do and get vaccinated. The one that's approved is Gardasil um, number nine, and it's two doses before the age of 15. So um, the two doses have to be um, given within 15 months apart. And if it's given, if the first two doses are given less than five months apart, then they would have to get a third dose. Um, after 15, you get, you have to do three doses. Um, and once you're vaccinated, you don't necessarily need to repeat it anymore. That's it. And the good thing is that they have approved vaccinations up to age 45. Yay. So if you have not been vaccinated. I think that, I think that that's dope because it, it catches a group of people that we weren't young enough. Well, at the time that we were young, we didn't have the Gardasil available like widely. You know what I mean? And then uh, as we got older, we're like, oh, well, I mean, I'm living now. But then, you know, it, it helps you to catch that group of people that maybe didn't have that when they were younger. Yeah. yeah. I remember what, I mean, I think we all remember when Gardasil first came out and yes. we all were past whatever the, the age, age range. Because mm -hmm. when it first came out, it was for just really young people. And so we were all, were like in that group, like, no, nah, you're going, your service going to have to survive on its own. Mm. Um and because of that, we're seeing women in our age range that because we're now we're now in the age groups that are starting to be tested for HPV or starting to have cervical cancers. Right. So we're now seeing people that are our peer group that, you know, mimic, you know, our age yeah. range and walking them through all the process. You think, dang, this is what you know, this is what the people who were putting out this vaccine, you know, we're talking about because you know, hysterectomies are now happening because of, mm -hmm. you know, cervical cancers. And you think of a hysterectomy as no big deal. I think we, we talk about hysterectomies like, did you have your babies or no for women, right? If you already had your babies, oh, okay, fine. Take your, you know, your uterus. And that's true because we know that we're not going to put a burden of, you know, your emotional, you know, feelings or just the whole process on not being able to have children. So if you've already had your children, and I need to take your uterus, then I feel better about it from a children's standpoint, but um, there was a study done, I think at Duke that talked about um, early hysterectomies um, increased the risk of symptomatic menopause by two years. So this is not just without consequence. So, you know, there's more to it. The whole process of like therapies for like pelvic cancers, cervical cancers, they come with so many things. Like, I think even when you like read about the side effects or, you know, you're trying to study everything, like the 
side effects to all the things you have to do when you're getting treated for, especially advanced stage cervical cancers, vaginal cancers, ovarian cancers, all of that, it it creates significant dysfunction, sexual dysfunction, mm-hmm. urinary dysfunction, how you have bowel movements, all that stuff is at risk of being impacted. It is not, it is not, it is, it's, it's a necessary evil if we have to treat you. But if we can do something like give you a vaccine, two a vaccine. shots, okay, to prevent, this. to prevent you from ever having to even explore all of the options, then we should be doing it. Mm-hmm. You should ask somebody that's in their 30s or their 40s or even their 50s or 60s who have had to be treated for cervical cancers or are now going through the process of trying to figure out, like, is this a cervical cancer and how bad it is? It's very stressful, mm-hmm. right? It's very stressful. <clears throat> There's lots of processes. It's a hurry up and wait kind of thing because we got to bring you in, get a sample, send it off, wait for it to come back. Okay, well, then let's try this, you know, send it off, wait for it to come back. Or you go through that abnormal, you know, pap smear cycle. Okay, we'll check again in a year. We'll check again in six months. We'll check again in a year. We'll check again in another year. We'll do a colposcopy. We'll do all this stuff. It's stressful. Like women be stressed out about these things and and that's not necessary if we can protect your cervix. Two shots, y'all. I know it's not for school, but it's two. It's two shots. And I also want to mention not only women, men too, because I did say you can get head and neck cancer. So you can get cancer from the base of your tongue to the throat. By the time we find out about it, right, it's already advanced because we don't have a way to screen men. Right? So by the time we find out that you have it. We have we're doing a biopsy, right? Taking a piece of the a uh, piece of the tissue to try to find out and be like, oh, you have cancer. And what we're finding now, a lot of the head and neck cancers, um, a lot of times the risk factors are if you smoke or you drink alcohol. But we're seeing that there's a, a higher um, new cases are coming up of men where the primary reason for the cancer was HPV. So I think also a lot of that part, you know, part of the advertising for the um, the vaccine, I know I've seen some advertisements where they do it both for uh, women and men, but, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of the um, general consensus is that, well, you know, this is a shot for, you know, the PCPs are screening the women for the this type of cancer um, or this type of virus that can cause this type of cervical cancer. We don't have a cervix, so why do we need to, you know, get this, whatever. So I think there's like a lot of um, kind of lost information there that, yes, this is a vaccine to prevent uh, several types of cancers that works for both men and women. So, um, you know, like what everyone has been echoing before, you know, this is not just a shot to part of the required shots to get your kid in school. This is actually a shot that can prevent them from a very debilitating type of cancer later on down the line. So highly, highly encourage everyone to go get it. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's basically all I got guys. I just hope, like I said, from everything that we said, I've convinced you hopefully, because this is what I do every day. I try to beg people to get this this vaccine. <laughs> so straight begging, them, straight okay? begging yes. you like, please you get and me this. Both. Please, call, Please. Listen, call the dad. Call the dad. And then, it's, and, then I, now? and then I'll be like, then it's kind of like, okay, if you're not going to get this one today, get that one. So it's like, I'm bargaining. <laughs> you know, I have a good, you know, I have a good success rate though with my young adults. Yes. Um, the, 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 you can still catch them in that. Yes. 
19, 20, when they're coming by themselves, like they're, you know, they're on spring break or, you know, they're like, oh, I'm in between semesters. Hey, you know, let's talk about it. So I will, um, I'll talk about it. Like, Hey, have you been HP vaccinated? And sometimes they're like, I don't remember. They don't remember. Right. It was a part of their, they just remember they went to the doctor every year for a well child visit, but if they don't have it, I can get some of them because they're really good at using like their my charts and all this stuff to, to send a message back. Like, hey, I checked with my mom. She remembers that we talked about it. We started it or we didn't finish it or we were going to start it. And then we kind of got, can I come back? Can I get it? Can, can you set me yeah. up? And we're like, yes, yes, we can. They're, they're, they're surprisingly, they're surprisingly better at that than I thought that they yeah. would be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Which I'm very shocked. They are, they are. Yes, and if they got one, I'm like, great. We'll just finish the series. Awesome, and I get super excited because because it works. It really does. Shout out to the young people. You know, the young people gonna be (laughs) come through. Yeah, and actually, because listen, it it's not worth it. I, Mm -mm. I, you know, no one should have to be thinking about cancers, but it's always, always a cruel joke to have to walk young people through cancer anything cancer scares cancer diagnoses cancer treatments um because you just don't know where they are right and we're all young we think we've got time for everything Mm -hmm. and it gets a little bit disappointing to discover like you don't have time for everything it's it's not going to be all that you wanted it to be and now you got to deal with something I really, we were not vaccinated. So this is the one case I think that we can say this was not the vaccine, the vaccine that was um, available for us at that time. But I wish I would have had the opportunity to get it before I was past age, before, you know, before you expose your cervix and all that stuff. Um, So before you expose your cervix, I think you should get it. Yes, I feel like I feel like that about HPV and uh and chickenpox. I'm like, man, look I know right? chickenpox. Uh, that's a whole nother conversation, right? Day, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, because right. now right. I'm out here in these streets, like, dang, I'm please God, just don't let me get stressed out at 65 and get shingles. But <laughs> <laughs> you could get it at any time, though. <laughs> Listen, I had 40 year olds in this pandemic. Like, right. what's this? I was like, oh, get away! You got shingles. Like, right. please don't come closer. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like, dang, doc, you treat me like you treat me like I'm gonna go, throw the medication at you. Throw the medication. Nothing gets me backing up. I can backpedal real quick when I think it's chicken pox or shingles. Like, mm-hmm. both of those things are so contagious that I'm like, no, but it's it's one of the two. I feel like chicken pox is the one I wish that I had been vaccinated against only because I don't want shingles later on. But HPV vaccines are are ones that I wish that younger women in our age group now have the opportunity to get vaccinated against only because I'm now seeing, you know, people who are in my peer group that are battling cervical cancers. And I'm like, nah, this, this sucks. Mm-hmm. So I guess it is time for questions. All right. We got a few here. Um, All right. So hello, ladies. Can you speak briefly on how to prevent arthritis in your knees? I'm in my mid-30s with knees that pop frequently. Thank you, girl. (laughs) I woke up and everything was popping. So I understand. I feel your your frustrations. Um, So, yeah, I mean, this is very common. It's... Uh, when your knees pop, it's not 
it's not doesn't mean you're uh, typically developing early onset arthritis. That's usually not what that indicates. But um, definitely, when you a way to prevent that kind of um, popping sensation, you know, if you do, I'm not sure what type of exercise the the person does, but you know, when you do lots of heavy lifting, um, it's all about technique. So you have to make sure that you're not, um, you know, lifting or um, kind of lifting things with your with your um, knees or with your um, with your lower back because that can definitely set you up like a poor technique can definitely set you up for a lot of um, muscle um, problems later on down the line. So if you do work with someone in the gym, um, uh, being able to kind of work on your technique to prevent that uh, popping from happening, and also getting like the little um, the uh, knee sleeves that kind of help with stabilizing your knee when you're doing certain exercises and that you're not putting extra pressure on that area can also help with that um, issue as well. And, you know, on top of that low impact exercises, so swimming, I, I know black folk, we don't like to get our hair wet, but mm. you know, swimming is one of the best ways. So great, low impact exercise. And it kind of takes that extra pressure off of your, um, you know, those large joints that you're using um, pretty much every day. So mine swimming swimming is also good for the spine as mm -hmm. well if anyone has any back problems or spine misalignment problems swimming is actually really good for the spine mm -hmm. um i agree with everything that nono said and specifically in terms of preventing arthritis it really helps for you to be active so what's interesting about being active is that there <laughs> is kind of like a, a crossing point mm -hmm. there so for people who are extremely active and like, for example, like if you're really active and you run track and do hurdles, sometimes you can get an overuse arthritis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you're doing if you're doing high impact activity and competing at a high level, then that can cause you as well to get some arthritis. So I'm not talking about being active like professionally like you're an olympian but doing that daily recommended 30 minutes of exercise, low impact like Nono said, which is really nice. That will eventually in the long run help you to prevent arthritis across the board in all of your joints. So moderate, moderate exercise. And I think um, a good point also is obesity. We find it more so in people who are obese tend yes. to have arthritis. Yes. And the thing is, is they're having pain from their arthritis, right? Because it's too much, too much stress on the joints, right? Correct. So trying to make sure that we watch our weight, we stay active. Because even if you are diagnosed with arthritis, the thing that they're going to tell you, you need to exercise. And you're like, but my, but mm -hmm. I have pain in my joints. I'm like, yeah, I know, but you still got to exercise. <laughs> so, yep. um, so yeah, but if you are, if you try to keep your weight down, that helps, right? Because I've had lots of patients that they are having pain in their knees. They got arthritis in their knees. They lose some weight is much better. So I guess I'll do, I'll start with my chocolate kiss. You guys ready for my chocolate kiss? I did not even check back on our social media to see if Serge Ibaka responded to any of our things. I'm assuming I'm he didn't. Assuming Otherwise, he did I not. I, I was waiting for a would have been like, ah! I actually saw him for the first time in person on Saturday. He's a lot taller um, than he looks in his pictures. And he actually he's very cute. I, I very cute. Oh, because oh. you're right. Yeah, I saw you went to the game anyway. You're, I was like, okay. Yes, I forgot that the Bulls played the Bucks and he's on a Bucks. He's and on I the saw Bucks you went now. to the game. Right. So you said hello to him for me. Girl, I tried okay. from my uh, 200 seat. It's okay. <laughs> I was like, hey, hey, yo, hey, yo, sir. 
Hey, 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 y'all search. Okay. Okay. Y'all Chris trying to holler. It's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll keep trying just for you. I appreciate that. You see, these, these are good friends. <laughs> well, you know, they're in the they're in the same they're in the same conference, so they're gonna be playing each other frequently. Yeah. So you know. Every time he's in Chicago, Dr. Nono can give you a can give you the yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I appreciate that. But so my chocolate kiss is gonna go out to I, I, I definitely feel for these people. Go out to all of those, all of the people in Ukraine, the women and yes. children. Like, oh my God. I mean, I can't even imagine what they're going through. And I mean, all I can say is try to keep hope and faith and, and the fact that they are leaving their homes and traveling with their young children, don't know where they're going to go, don't have food. Um, and leaving their husbands to fight who they might not even see them again. So shout out to all those people. I And my prayers are with you. My heart goes out to you guys. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, I, my uh, father was up here visiting the weekend and we went to the, um, to the museum over at the Museum of Science and Industry, and we you know walk through the World War II exhibit. And it was just so, you know, it kind of was so eerily similar to you know the stuff that ha- is is going on now. Um, you know, the the fear that you know this could be another World War Three, and you know just all the suffering and pain that comes with entering yet another war for is literally stupid reasons. Um, you know, I and watching the invasion happen real time, you know, on my night shift, you know, that just really, you know, we're half a world away, but you know, a lot of that, that pain and that, um, uh, the frustration that a lot of people are feeling over there can also, you know, uh, be felt here. You know, in Chicago, we have an actual place called Ukrainian Village, um, and they had like a stage a little, um, uh, I want to call it protest, not protest. Um, what's another word for that? like a demonstration of some sort Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but you know it just shows that you know there's a lot of support um for the people of ukraine in the city of chicago and um you know seeing the news reports of people going out there to help uh, with the war effort help with medical um needs as needed um you know really does you know hopefully put a light on the situation but no, I agree. All my all my chocolate kisses definitely for this episode go out to those those people out in Ukraine, and um, you know, hopefully we can um, all get out of this in, in one piece and intact. So, yeah, I actually have to limit some of the uh, how much I expose myself to the coverage because a lot of it, and you know, especially when they start interviewing like a lot of the people of Ukraine and talking about like what it took for them to get wherever it is they're trying to go, and just kind of like the whole, you know, it's a it's a lot it's it's definitely a lot um and even seeing like on social media like because a lot of my friends are ukrainian which you know that i've met through life some attendings we've worked with people i've known from med school people i grew up with and talking about their family leaving and going back to ukraine to fight for ukraine you know it's a lot of you know it, it hits on a lot of um on a lot of different level, levels so yes prayers prayers and uh and good vibes and high hopes out to uh Ukraine. In addition to that, I will probably give a chocolate kiss to my brother as well. He's here visiting me. This is his first time in California. He's having a great time. Um, and uh, it's really nice. I feel like sometimes because like I've been away from home since I was 18. 
because I went away for college and I'm kind of used to like not being at home all the time, but it does feel very nice to have a, a piece of home come and visit me because it's kind of like, this feels it's, it's, I don't know. I don't really have a way of like, you know, putting the feeling into words. I mean, every now and then he cracks these jokes and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna keep you humble. You gonna remember where you came from. I'm like, Oh, get out of here. Like, I, I mean, I remember, like, I know. Cause every now and then he'll say something to me. He's like, Oh, Oh, so, so you bougie now? Listen, you bougie now? Really? So we don't, we don't do this no more. I'm like, simmer down. Simmer we down. do it differently. Like, okay. It. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, we do it differently. Like, <laughs> I'm like we're getting to the same we're getting to the same yes. goal we're just doing it a little differently but um but it's really nice to have him here and everything and then of course he gets to bond with my fiance you know his future brother-in-law he's never had a brother it's just me and my it's just me and my little brother so um he's just so they're very broy together so it's very cool for him um so like, oh I got a big brother ah! it's very it's very nice so point is it's been a nice weekend I'm happy he's here chocolate kisses to my brother and my family so I want to give my chocolate kiss out to women's basketball and the SEC conference and the acknowledgement of 50 years of title nine. So um, chocolate kisses to them for being who they are, for being what I will biasly say is one of the most amazing conferences for women's basketball and um, for celebrating women. So we've been celebrating women in athletics and their impact. And I just want to give chocolate kisses to all of those great women that have come before us to make these big budget tournaments what they are. And I hope that it continues. So shout out to women's basketball and the SEC. Um, And I think aside from that, we are yes. done with this episode. Thank you so much for listening and things. No, no. Can you tell the people where they can find us? Sure can. So if you go to our website at www.gchocolatemds.com, uh, you can find um, updates on upcoming episodes and also links to all of our social media. Um, our handles for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are at the chocolate MDS. So please feel free to DM us your questions that we can feature in uh, future episodes. And also, um, if you want to email us, uh, we have a nice little email box on our website, or you can send it directly to thechocolatemds at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to feature them on our upcoming show. Yes. Ayo. And if any any of the rest of y'all run into Surge, he plays for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, <laughs> and then you guys go to an NBA game, be like, hey, yo, Surge, you heard about Dr. Chris? Yo, I, I listened to this podcast. Let me put you on Dr. Chris, though. Yes. Yo, tag him in everything. She got a career. Oh, she got a 401k. If we galvanize <laughs> everyone to shoot the shot for Dr. Chris, he's going to respond. Yes, I mean, she got it. He's, he's, watch, he's going to respond on social media. He's going to say something so right. random. He's going to be like, so I was playing uh, the Suns in Phoenix, and uh, a random person came up to me asking me about a podcast <laughs> on Dr. Chris. <laughs> You're going to be like, what? We got fans in Phoenix repping for me? Oh, my God. That is so cool. If any of you guys go and watch Serge Ibaka play for the Bucks, you know, just kind of like, or maybe make a sign, bring it to the game. (laughs) Hey, Serge. I should have done that. Oh, my God. I'm going to do that next time. And you can put our, you can, you guys can feel free to put our at, at Chocolate MDs. Hey, Serge. I definitely appreciate you guys if you do i that. feel like whenever he whenever whenever he's on the bench taking his break he'll look up at the stands and be like what is that yeah <laughs> hey search call at chocolate <laughs> listen we I got appreciate you Chris. That. anyway i appreciate that i appreciate i appreciate you <laughs> having my back but yes but yes guys we will see you for our next episode <laughs> bye, bye. bye. bye.